Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, June 15th, 2022. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Hockey. Grace, as you know, I have been diligently putting together my New York trip spreadsheet. And as I always do, I was going through the offerings of certain local cabaret <laughs> venues. Uh, I go through Joe's Pub and Birdland and the Lori Beachman and, of course, Green Room 42. And I happened to come across... The website for Broadway's Bistro or Broadway's Living Room or whatever they're calling it these days, 54 Below, Tony winning 54 Below. And I saw on a day that I would be there a certain concert by everybody's friendly neighborhood snow person. <laughs> That's the perfect way to put that. Yeah. We should hire you to be the <laughs> great slogan maker. Um, yeah. It was so funny because because you're saying this, um, the week of famously to free Mockingbird, not to be that plug, but being that plug, plug away. Um, some people are going to be in town and you're one of those people and there's a lot of other people that are going to be in town. And we thought like, what if there was too much going on? Like, what if there was just so much going on that it was chaotic? And my friend Drew Gasparini is doing a show on Monday at 54 Below mm-hmm. and now um, the other moron of the four F. Michael Haney doing a 54 show on that Saturday after I've done two of my solo shows, so I'm in like an emotional wreck. I was like, I want to pop over to 54 Below and just cry one more time that week. <laughs> yeah, so not only is F. doing the show, you are producing. Yeah, um, I've I've done a couple at 54 Below before, and as you've seen me perform in some, mm-hmm. whether or not I was being crass or not is not important, but I usually oh am. Oh my God, I was so uncomfortable. <laughs> Grace. Yeah, I, I'm I'm thrilled that we're adding another uh, element of fun to the week. And um, F's done a couple of solo concerts at 54, but it's been a couple of years. And because they're in town from the Frozen tour, I was like, this is the perfect time. They've written a musical. There's all these things. And I'm just like, no, we need to hear it. We need to hear it again. So I'm thrilled to help put this one on. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know if you remember or not, but you and I have tickets to a show that week, too. So throw that in there. Uh, that's later. Oh, though. we're that's doing Cat on Hudson Roof. Yeah, that, that's after. That's the that's the Monday after that weekend. So just don't don't leave that off your schedule because you know. Oh no no, I've got. I'm so pumped for that one. If I'm gonna, I don't want to recite the lines with them, but oh. if I have to, I'll whisper them in your ear. Thank you. I, that would be creepy, but yeah, yeah. that's fine. Um, all right, so let's get into the news. But of course, before we do, if you want to hear more of our bantering, and before anyone else, you can head over to Patreon.com/slash/BroadwayRadio/BroadwayRadio.com/slash/Patreon. All right, everybody, um, we've got lots and lots of news, and it is led off by the fact that for the first time ever, we are getting a major New York revival of the 2002 2002 Pulitzer Prize winner for drama, Top Dog, Underdog. This will be a 20th anniversary celebratory performance of Susan Laurie Park's acclaimed show that will run for 16 weeks beginning on September 27th at the John Golden Theater. The show will star two stars of both stage and screen, Corey Hawkins and Yakya Abdul-Mateen II. They will play brothers Lincoln and Booth in the show, which, if you know the show, Lincoln and Booth, obviously those uh, names have a connection, and they talk about that quite a bit in the show. Um, This will be directed, as all good things are, by Kenny Leon. You saw a Kenny Leon-directed show last week. So I feel like Kenny Leon, Susan Laurie Parks... Corey Hawkins, Yakia Abdul-Mateen II, like this, like it has to be on the top of my list. Like, how can it not? 
Him in Watchmen, by the way, actually his performances in anything, I, I legitimately, legitimately started shaking today when I saw this announcement. I did not know who the cast was going to be. There was no secret. I knew that Top Dog Underdog was coming mm-hmm. uh, before they made the announcement, so I was excited about that. But his performance in Watchmen alone is so transformative. If you are a graphic novel fan or a fan of the original like uh, movie adaptation, the adaptation that they did on HBO, which also stars Gene Smart, by the way, yes. Um and Regina King, it's it is unreal. His performances are amazing. I cannot. I, I might. I might physically have to be there on September twenty seventh when it starts. Oh, wow. I, I can't. I can't tell you how excited I am. <laughs> That's a big deal. Yeah, you're talking about Yakta Abdul Mateen the second, um, and yes. of course Corey Hawkins was Benny in the in the Heights movie, oh. and then was also and, and he was in uh, the uh, the tragedy of Macbeth as well. So, um, and he was in uh, Six Degrees of Separation on Broadway uh, as well. So great one. That should be really really cool um, and glad that we are getting a, uh, a great production of that show back on Broadway. Speaking of great productions of great shows and speaking of Susan Laurie Park, uh, we got a whole slew of announcements from the public theater as they announced their 2022-2023 season. And it will include not one, but two shows by Parks, um, which is very exciting. They will have an entire season that will feature new musicals and plays by Erica Dickerson Dispenza, Ryan J. Haddad, recent Pulitzer Prize winner James to James, uh, Parks as well, and then Madeline Sayet, as well as uh, works produced either by or in conjunction with the Bushwick Star, Elvis elevator repair service and the Wooly Mammoth Theater Company, as well as an incredible revival of a Lorraine Hansberry classic. Let's run through the season here real quick. Of course, we will have more information in the show notes if you want to read more about each of these productions, but I'm just going to kind of give you um, a little bit of the uh, the top line information about each. The season will start on September 24th with the play Baldwin and Buckley at Cambridge. This was uh, conceived by Greg Sargent in Elevator Repair Service, in which uh, Sargent will play the legendary James Baldwin and Ben Williams will play William F. Buckley Jr. Um, when they had a debate in 1965 um, at, at Harvard, um, and that'll kind of be a fictionalized version of that. Daphne Gaines in the show will play Lorraine Hansberry. Interestingly enough, three days after that show begins performances at another theater at the public, uh, the great Robert O'Hara will direct a new revival of Lorraine Hansberry's A Raisin in the Sun. That show will run from September 27th through November 6th, and I have a feeling will probably attract some pretty top-line talent and will probably be extended multiple times, uh, but very much looking forward to that. Later in the fall, beginning on October 28th, the new show Where We Belong will have its New York premiere. It is written by and performed by Madeline Sayette, and it is produced in conjunction with the Woolly Mammoth Theater Company in association with the Folger Shakespeare Library. Um, it is directed by May Ann Tio. And then we have the world premiere for Par- Suzanne Laurie Parks' plays for the plague year, the first of two shows from her in this season. It'll be directed by Nigel Smith beginning on November 4th. In early January, running through mid-month, they'll have the Under the Radar Festival. Then we'll have the world premiere of the second 
Parks show. This will be a musical called The Harder They Come. Uh, Parks has written the book and it'll include songs by Jimmy Cliff and it is based on the film of the same name. It'll be directed um, by Tony Tacone and co-directed by Sergio Trujillo and somebody else is actually doing the choreography which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be very exciting. Then we will have also in the winter the world premiere of Ryan J. Haddad's Dark Disabled Stories directed by Jordan Fain and produced in conjunction with the Bushwick star. Then in the spring, we will have the world premiere of James James's new show, Good Bones, directed by Sahim Ali. And then finally, we will have the world premiere of a new play by Erica Dickerson Dispenza uh, called Shadow Land, Shadow Slash Land, directed by Candace C. Jones. There's also information in the show notes about um, the public's mobile unit, Joe's Pub, um, an ongoing pub. Uh, you know, things through the public. But uh, Grace, that is the type of season you expect from the public theater. It really is. And honestly, as, a, as an entire unit, like as an entire uh, lineup that you just said, I want to see the entire thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I always say this for the MCC season and I always say this uh, for Vineyard, but like I'm really excited about everything on at the public. I just want to shout out that like I recently, recently as in a couple months ago, went to the Paula Vogel uh, Award distribution to Ryan Haddad at the Vineyard uh, Theater Company and uh, shout out again to the press room for allowing me to meet Paula mm-hmm. Vogel because I'm still mm-hmm. crying about it but yeah, um, I, Ryan is I such a fantastic you as you walked yeah. I, as you walked out and you were still crying. Wait, we're still talking about the same night because that's the night we saw Assassins and also where I saw Randall Antonoff. Last what night. is going wow. on with this night? Crazy. Right? Yeah, exactly. So anyways, I'm thrilled to see Ryan's show going up in New York again. And um, he's so fantastic. So I'm I'm just thrilled for the entire thing. Thank you for telling us all about the synopsis because uh, it's exciting. Yep. Well, speaking of, I think it's fair to say, exciting season announcements. Yesterday, the New York City Center announced its entire season for the 2022-2023 year. And that, of course, included the Encores season. This season mm-hmm. will welcome Mary Mitchell Campbell for her first season as music director. She, of course, is joining artistic director Leo de Bessonet and producing creative director Clint Ramos. And this season is a doozy and already has some stars attached. The season will start on February 1st in a production of... Uh, Craig Lucas and Adam Gettle's Tony Award-winning musical, The Light in the Piazza, directed by Shay Yu. Tony winner, the great Ruthie Ann Miles, returns to the New York stage to play Margaret in this show. Uh, I don't have any Mm. special fondness for The Light in the Piazza. It's not my type of music, but... Well, honey, that's because you're not a soprano and it's not your book. Let me tell you. Exactly. But, but, I mean, (laughs) Ruthie Ann Miles' return to the stage is almost enough to make me just renew my subscription again by itself, (laughs) regardless of anything else. But then, not to be outdone, the March show will be Mm. a revival of of Jerry Herman's 1969 musical Dear World, starring my Dolly Gallagher-Levi, Donna Murphy, uh, which will be (laughs) amazing. It'll be directed and choreographed by Josh Rhodes. Um, So that is fun. And then closing out the season will be a special two-week run of Oliver, marking the musical's first major New York production in nearly 40 years. This one will be directed by DeBessonet. I feel like she's kind of 
grabbing that final slot in the season every year um which is totally fine because she's amazing but uh should be a really interesting season so grace we had a subscription of this this year i don't know that this is enough to make me get another subscription when i live out of state but it (laughs) it is a very interesting and exciting season based at least on the stars who are already attached yeah, that's the thing is that like I've seen a lot of people start to dreamcast and I have two little things to say. Um, one is after Ruthie and Miles, uh, the, the announcement of her in Light in the Piazza, I saw everyone flock to the Internet to dream out like the rest of that cast. And they kept naming the same three other API people that have been on Broadway. And all I want to say is like, I love that. But I just want you to know that there's more than five people that have that are, you know, waiting in the wings to to be another Asian person um, in the theater. You know what I mean? So it's just like, I appreciate it. But it's the same thing that happens with like dream girls, dream casting, they name like the, the same like five black women. And it's just like, what if and hear me out, there are other people of color, that would, you know, exist and, and, and it's exciting. So um, I'm thrilled to see whoever they get to name alongside Ruthie. Uh, but I'm I'm pumped for the season. I know Clint Ramos is just, I, I saw him tweet today. He said, um, you're welcome. And I was just like, yeah. <laughs> so I think uh, what's going to happen is what happened last year, to be honest with you, is they announced the shows and we're like, okay, okay. And then they announced this, the, the actual cast list. And then you and I go, holy shit. You yeah. know what I mean? I feel like that's what's going to end up happening. So, uh, you know, re- re- roll this back when I'm wrong, but I think I'm right. We will see. We will definitely see. All right, let's continue with some casting discussions as we got a bit of news in this area as well on Tuesday. Starting off over at the Atlantic Theater, in an interesting move, the show that is currently running there, The Bedwetter, the musicalization of Sarah Silverman's memoir of the same name, has extended an extra week into July 10th. However, they are coming with that extension, some cast changes. Leaving the cast due to scheduling conflicts will be Casey Levy uh, as Beth Ann, Sarah Silverman's mother in the show, and then also leaving will be the great B.B. Newworth, who plays uh, Nan, uh, or the grandmother of Sarah Silverman's, uh, the character of Sarah Silverman. Sarah Silverman is not in the show, but it's her younger self. What's interesting about this, Grace, is, is that for those two roles, which are featured roles, neither of them are huge, instead of bumping up Lauren Marcus, who I actually saw in the role of Beth Ann, the mother, they are bringing in Jessica Vosk to play that role for five days, July 5th through the mm-hmm. 10th. And then on B.B. Newworth's side, they are elevating um, Elizabeth Ward Land, who is already like the understudy for that role. Normally, when they have things like this, especially in like um, Broadway shows, we've seen this actually quite a bit with like long running shows where people stay in it for a long time, like with Come for away, From Away. It's actually harder and more time consuming to have somebody replace an understudy than it is to have an understudy just stay in the role and replace a principal. So I understand why. You know, maybe Lauren Marcus is just going to stay in the role because she covers like four roles. But they're doing that already with Elizabeth Ward Land. Um, I mean, I'm always happy for Jessica Bosk to do anything because I think she's incredibly talented. But it is interesting to me that they're bringing in somebody to fill one role while they're promoting from within for another. And the roles are essentially the same size. Uh, I don't think there's much difference in the two of them in terms of that regard. Um, maybe it just has to do with maybe the, the the strenuousness of the roles that Lauren Marcus would have to, you know, have, that she covers that have to be replaced. But I thought it was interesting and, and at least noteworthy, especially for a show that I know has intentions to move other places eventually. 
Yeah, I mean, there could be a, a number of reasons, right? Like Casey might have, because I know that she's going away to do concerts that she had already. Um, yeah, her leaving to. makes sense because this is an extension. Yeah. But it, it was more to me like, oh, they're bringing in like a name to replace her rather than just elevating from within. It's because it also might be the fact that, like, when it moves, they might be in consideration, like, Casey may mm-hmm. have another project that she's attached to. Yep. And then if that, that one moves. Exactly. So um, I think that it's smart for them to do this. And it also helps give them a, a financial bump um, for ticket sales uh, because she is such a great draw. I mean, I saw her at Carnegie Hall. It's mm-hmm. it's definitely there. So um, I think that it just it does definitely make sense for the Atlantic to do this. And I'm just excited at the opportunity. Again, you got to see it. I still haven't seen it. Um, I. I'm just thrilled for the whole thing. So, yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to watch, but it is something to just put a pin in because if they had just brought in new people for both of those featured roles, like I'd just be like, okay, that makes sense because it it is expensive to to rehearse and bring in somebody to cover multiple roles. But when you do one and not the other, it does make me at least raise an eyebrow. All right, moving on to some more casting, and we'll run through these fairly quickly. Um, the new off-Broadway musical, The Panic of Night or The Panic of Twenty Nine, uh, by Graham Teckler and directed by Max Friedman, has announced its cast, and that cast will include Will Rowland, Olivia Puckett, both Dear Evan Hansen uh, alums, as well as King Kong alum Eric Lochtefeld. The show will begin performances on July twenty third, and uh, it'll run through August twentieth at fifty nine East Fifty Ninth. This is something that is currently on my list and in consideration for my trip. Um, if you are up for outdoor Shakespearean theater but don't want to head to the Delacourt, you can head up to Marcus Garvey Park in East Harlem, where during July, the Classical Theater of Harlem will present a free production of Twelfth Night, and they announced the cast on Tuesday, and it includes recent Tony nominee Kara Young, who will be playing Viola. Also in the cast will be uh, Jelani Allen as Sebastian, William Demerit as Orsino, Carson Elrod as Sir Andrew. We have Alan Gilmore as Malvolio and the great Christi- uh, Christina Sejus as Olivia. That sounds like a really, really good group of folks if you are able to make it up to Harlem for that. And then in the news that, of course, made me the most excited, uh, it was announced yesterday that the non-equity national tour of Legally Blonde will relaunch their uh, their 2019 production that actually got shut down because of the pandemic um, that will launch later this year and will tour during 2022 and 2023. Casting in the full tour schedule will be announced. It better come to Florida because if not, I'm driving to wherever it goes anyway. And then finally, fresh off of its win at the Tony Awards for the best play, the Lehman Trilogy has announced that it will return to the West End in January of 2023. Um, More information about where and who and exactly when will be announced later. Any thoughts on uh, any of that, Grace? Well, no. I mean, again, like I I was thrilled and not surprised at all at the uh, reception of the Tonys that the Lehman Trilogy got. So this was no surprise to me. I didn't have secret information, even though like we did, you know, record with Nick Powell, the orchestrations for the show. Uh, But uh, yeah, I think that it's all good. And also like the Legally Blonde Fever. It's Don't you dare! So intense right now. No, no, it's just like funny to me that I, literally everyone and their Bruiser Woods is doing it, and I'm just like, I don't. I hope that the fever continues, and that I hope that um, it is also more. Uh, it continues to advocate for more diversity in all of these upcoming productions because, as we talked about before, um, a lot of the L Woods have been. Uh, 
traditionally like marginalized uh, mm-hmm. either genders or uh, races. And so I- I'm thrilled for that opportunity. And now I want those to also carry out to the men. I want that to carry out into the to the males, the leading the, the leading males. Have you noticed? Yeah. Well, we will say that the yeah. Muni production is uh, being led by two black actors, both as L and Emmett. So uh, exactly. that is very exciting. More men, more men. Yep. All right. So we're going to close out the show with something that took the Internet by storm on Monday. And I'm honestly not sure what to make of it. But Hollywood, the Hollywood Reporter reported that Lady Gaga is in talks, early talks, to play Harley Quinn in the upcoming sequel to the move to the Joker movie starring Joaquin Phoenix. And apparently it will be a musical. I, I did not see the first Joker movie. I'm not a huge Joker fan. I'm not a huge DC yeah. fan. I'm also sure. not the biggest. Yeah, we're so different. We are so different, Matt, and we are so alike. But I am such a DC girl, and this is just no. so funny to me. Okay. I'm Growing up, Superman was my superhero. But in like, because I, I, I loved him because it's the 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 truth justice in the american way he's the good guy he's the you know the nice one i'd love the christopher reeve movies what they've done with them lately is kind of sucked but uh the dc stuff i don't love give me the marvel stuff all day but like i'm not a gaga person either but like this just seems like a mad libs article like they just threw words onto a page and saw what stuck and we ended up with lady gaga in early talks to play harley quinn in a joker sequel that's a musical you know I'm in talks for things, too. We're all in talks. I think this is just another, like, silly marketing moment where it's like, these are this this might happen. And it's like, all right, sure, sure, sure. I'm sure it already is. Uh, but I feel I feel it's it's such a mixed thing for Lady Gaga. You know, we could have had her in Funny Girl. We could have. I, I don't know. It's just the, the tides have turned. And I'm very nervous for the memification of this incredible performer. And I just I want the best for her. And I don't think that. An incel musical is it, and I just I hope for the best. I really do. Yeah, it is strange. <laughs> it is very strange. The 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 off Broadway version of this, and again, that's no slight to off Broadway, but you no, know how we, we did like the silence, the musical, the silence mm-hmm. of the lambs bit. Yeah, I feel like this one will be called the joke. <laughs> Hire me. That's good. Was it was was Schuler Hensley involved with Silence <gasps> the Musical at some point? I, I think he might was. Be right, Georgia native Schuler Hensley. Uh, yeah. currently starring in Music Man, um, starring Max Clayton. Uh, I, I don't know, but you might be right. I think he was. Hold on. Let me look. Schuler Hensley, Silence, the musical. It might have been in London when he did it or something, but I'm pretty sure he did it. Yeah. Schuler Hensley in Silence, the musical, off-Broadway. He played Dr. Hannibal Lecter for four weeks in 2012. Wow. I remember everything, Matt, and that's creepy. I don't know about that, but the memory is strong at times, but... Anyway, that is all that we have for today. Thank you for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW. Matt Grace, where can people find you? You can find me on all social media platforms at It's Grace Aki. Also, if you are interested in seeing the great F. Michael Haney at 54 Below, what's the date? Is it the 30th? of july it's the 30th at 7 p.m at saturday night july 30th saturday at 7 p.m um you can use code haney5 h-a-y-n-i-e-5 for five dollars off the main dining room and bar rail seating there you go grace sent me that text in the middle of the show so i could put it in the show notes but i'm throwing it in here as well (laughs) amazing all right everybody have a wonderful hump day and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow